Back with us, John Morris Show on the ESPN Central Texas. Uh, that clip shows you uh, first name basis there, talking Michael and Scotty and Dennis. Tom Dore was on a first name basis, certainly, with those bulls that are now being uh, celebrated and the story being told on The Last Dance, the documentary on ESPN. Tom Dore, the television man for uh, the Chicago Bulls, 1991 to 2008, now lives in Austin and joins us here this morning. Tom, appreciate your time. How you doing? I'm doing great. You know, for for two guys that kind of started out where we did, I think things have uh, have worked out pretty well for both of us, John. <laughs> I would say so, Tom. I love telling the story uh, about the year you and I worked on the NCAA tournament games. That was a great learning experience for me to work with you. But uh, it's fun to catch up with you. How, how long have you been in Austin or back in Austin? Back here, I guess about ten years now, okay. um, and I really, um, you know, as you know, with with UT for five years, really got to love Austin and came back and came back to a much different city, um, yeah. but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but still, it's Austin and uh, such a great place, and and um, we so we love it here. This is this is kind of our. Uh, our, our retirement area now, I guess you'd say. Boy, that's great. Well, we're going to have to get together face-to-face uh, when we can, so I look forward to that opportunity. But I appreciate you being on with us today, and I'm guessing uh, you have uh, you are doing a ton of interviews these days with The Last Dance being on the air. Yeah, it's been, you know, I talked to Bill Wennington and Steve Kerr, and I said, you know, obviously Steve gets these media things all the time. But he's like, you know, he, he started busting on me right away. Um, he's like, Dor, people forgot who the hell you were. <laughs> and now now you're this celebrity again. He said, everywhere I go, I'm hearing your voice. I said, Steve, isn't that a really, really good thing for the enrichment <laughs> of your life? And he just started dying laughing. Oh, that's it's, great. You know, when you're so close for so many years and then it just ends and everybody kind of goes away, you know, you people do drift away a little bit but um but it was like when the three of us started talking um it was like old home week um uh and i've talked to scotty burrell and i've talked to a couple other guys um about you know how how much fun it was and we're all doing the same thing everybody else is we're like oh michael really talked about that or you know, Scotty talked about that or whatever. It's it's really interesting to for us to see it as well as everybody else. Wow, that's really interesting uh, because for us, a lot of this is new, you know, really behind-the-scenes information. Uh, but you were there. You lived it. You were a part of, uh, you know, those Bulls teams, those Bulls years. But you're saying even there were some things that are coming out in this documentary uh, that are new to you or maybe that the players are talking about. Yeah, we're all kind of surprised, I think, that Michael was so forthcoming about, you know, how upset he was with Pip that last year when he was trying to get the new contract and Pip had the ankle surgery right before the season instead of doing it in the spring or summer after they won the championship. After they won number five, you know, you're thinking he would have had surgery right then, but he waited three months or so. And then, so anyway, some of the things, some of how forthcoming Michael has been, I guess, is probably the most surprising for us. But 
That's Michael. If he's going to do something, he's not going to do it halfway. Yeah. Well, and it's fun. Uh, I mean, a lot of people refer to this as, as the Michael Jordan documentary. There's a lot of him in there, obviously. But it is about the Bulls and about the Bulls team and their their dynamics uh, in the team. Certain segments, one's on Dennis Rodman, one's on, you know, what you just talked about on Pippen. Uh, it, it, it really, I, I think this this is a great job by ESPN and Mandalay to put this together to kind of tell the whole story, not just focus on Michael. Yeah, and and what happened and to build it up, you know, it's kind of like a movie. You've got to get all the backstory of what happened before so you understand why when this happens, why it's such a big thing. And I think that's what we're starting to see is that, you know, why Michael was so emotional after uh, the Bulls beat Seattle, you know, on Father's Day. Um, And those emotions just finally came out of him being, you know, laying on the floor crying about his dad. Um, It it took all of that to happen for him to be able to release those emotions. So you see all of these things pent up. And like with what I'm talking about with Michael, that's why when it ended, you know, and Phil Jackson wasn't back, although I think you'll see in either the next episode or the one after that, so one of the last two, Jerry Reinsdorf talking about how he tried really hard to get Phil to come back. And Mm -hmm. Phil just says, you know, you can pay me $10 million a year. I'm not coming back. Wow. Now, you know, this is 20 years ago. So $10 million then was an unheard of amount for a coach. It wouldn't be that unheard of today. It would still be really high, but not that unheard of. But then it was astronomical. And so um, that's why, you know, Phil just said, no, there's no way. I am not coming back no matter what else you do. Wow. Tom Dore is with us, uh, former TV voice of the Chicago Bulls. You mentioned Phil Jackson and, and how great he was, and uh, he wasn't coming back no matter what. And uh, what made him so dynamic as far as being able to manage all of those personalities and, and kind of get those guys all in line and, and being able to be on the same page to be that dominant team when those are some pretty big egos and pretty big names that were in that locker room? You know, I think one of the big things, and Doug Collins had this as well, they were successful, not great, but successful players. And so they understood it from the player's perspective. I don't know that a non-player would have, in that situation, would have gotten the kind of respect that they did. Now, guys like Paul Popovich uh, or Greg Popovich, um, you know, Pop has gotten great respect and wasn't a great player. And so it can happen. But in that particular instance, I think it was really a big thing that he was a player and understood it. So he was taking over for Doug Collins, and those players loved Doug because Doug would give everything he had. Game was over. Doug was drenched in sweat because he would be up and down and running and yelling and back up and down. I mean, that was Doug always. And Phil was the exact opposite. Phil would sit through a lot of the game, or he'd sit on the, you know, on the on the table where we were, and um, and he'd just kind of have fun and coach the games. But also, you knew he was the boss, and that was part of how Michael was brought up, you know, by his dad, by pops, James, but pops. That's what everybody called him, and um, and pops said, you know, from the time he was two days old. 
this is the rule. You follow the rules. And if you don't, you're going to have trouble. And for a while, Michael was going down the wrong road. And Pops talked about that. But um, he said, uh, how did he call it? I think he called it wall-to-wall counseling. In other words, he was ready to throw him off one wall and then throw him <laughs> off another wall in a counseling session uh, with him and Dad. But So Michael respected that, and he understood whether it was high school coach Dean Smith, Phil Jackson, Doug Collins, that coach is the ultimate authority once the game starts. And so, you know, you begin to understand if Michael's going to follow the rules, you darn sure better follow the rules. Tom, how how different or maybe similar was uh, it was the um, private persona of guys like Michael and and Scotty and and Dennis Rodman? The public, you know, image of those guys compared to what you saw behind the scenes, traveling with them in the locker room and team meetings, uh, similar or different? Dennis, everybody thinks Dennis is this flamboyant, wild guy. First time I met Dennis. My brother was having a foot problem, so I talked to the Bulls trainer, Chip Schaefer, who's been on the series. So I talked to Chip, and I said, hey, my brother's having this. Do you mind looking at him? He says, yeah, bring him to the next game. And so I brought him to the game, and Dennis was waiting to get taped. I forget who who was getting taped, but Chip Chip was taking care of one guy. That was going to take care of Dennis. So he told my brother, just sit there. I'll get to you in here, you know, 15, 20 minutes, something like that. So he tried to say hi to Dennis. And Dennis didn't speak, turned away, in fact, on the table, just, you know, four feet away or whatever he was. And so my brother thought, okay, you know, I'm not going to push this. I'm not going to say anything. About six months later, Dennis comes up to me, and we've gotten to be really good buddies. Dennis comes up to me and he says, hey, are you bringing Mike back to a game? And I said, Mike, who you mean? He says, your brother, Mike. And I said, well, yeah, he's going to come in two weeks or so. He says, Bring him down early. I want to talk to him because I last time I didn't. Dennis is shy, quiet, and wildly introverted. Um, his security guard calls him Junior because he says, you're the son I never wanted. He, he's like a 12- or 15-year-old kid. He has fun at everything he does. Um, and Scotty, Scotty and I did uh, postseason games together for like three years. He was really, really good. We worked on it. He listened. He absorbed everything we talked about. And he was, I'm telling you, at the end, I thought he was, he would have been the guy instead of Stacey King that took over as the television uh, analyst when Red, uh, when Red couldn't do it anymore. Um, and Michael, Michael on the bus, on the plane, was that guy that you want to play golf with, you want to go to dinner with, you want to go to a movie with. I've done all those things with him. He's that guy. You want to be in his group. And if he's, you know, pointing his uh, sarcasm at you, and it's funny, you laugh. But he wants you to give it right back to him. Don't back down. And so that's where he was just that good of a guy. But he'd go home after a game, you know, if we weren't going anywhere, and he'd go watch the tape, and at 11.30, my phone might ring. Now, I'm at home doing the same thing, right? You can't just go home and go right to sleep after a game, John. Right. I know you know exactly what I'm talking right, about. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so at 11.30, if, if my phone rang at 11.30, this is back before caller ID, um, I knew who it was. You know, I didn't have to say, you know, hello, who's this, or something like that. I knew it was Michael calling me. Why the hell did you say this? What were you seeing here? What, why, what, you know, whatever. And so... 
he because he wanted to understand and he wanted the players to be that good. He wanted their TV broadcast to be that good, the radio broadcast to be that good. He wanted all of it to be that good, and that's how important it was for him. Have you ever met somebody that was as competitive or is as competitive as Michael Jordan? There isn't a human being in the history of the world that's as competitive as Michael Jordan. I mean, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but I won the NCAA tournament pool one year. You know, the bracket thing. I won that one year. The next year, and I I made a really good point of walking by him and flashing the money and and putting (laughs) it in my pocket. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate that. Um, But that's who we were to each other. You know, you could say, and nothing was off limits. Nothing. Um, And so... He the next year I think he put in five entries, and I came in third, and so I still got a little money, so I went over and waved it again. Thanks, Mike. Five entries. That was great. I appreciate that. <laughs> the next year I think he put in like twenty five. Oh wow! And so yeah, and so he finally won. No, there are not. There are not people wired like him. He just absolutely wildly has to win, and it's what motivates him in everything that he does. If he's playing Sudoku against you, he has to win. If he's playing a crossword puzzle against you, he has to win. It's just he's wired differently than anybody I've ever met. And I've met a lot of guys that wanted to win, you know, that worked really, really hard to win. Nobody, nobody wanted to win like Michael. Wow, that's great. we got to let you go, Tom. One final question. Uh, back to your Mizzou days. Uh, noticed recently that Missouri and Kansas are going to renew their rivalry in football. What do you think about that? I think it's terrific. We need more um, uh, Division II, you know, FBS kind of opponents in football. <laughs> and I think this is, this is the perfect opportunity for us to, uh, you know, bring them in, pay them a big salary, yeah. and, you know, then go back you know, you'll go. go back home. I, um, I, knew, I knew that'd get That's a good response I from you. I can never change that, guys. <laughs> I, I knew that'd get a response from you. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's great to catch up with you. And uh, seriously, let's find a time down the road when we can get together in person. But thanks oh, for your time terrific. this morning. Yep, absolutely, John. I'm so glad you called. It's great to catch up with you, buddy. You too, man. Thanks very much. Be safe. You too. Thanks. Bye. Tom Dorr, Missouri grad, proud Missouri grad, lives in Austin, TV voice for the Chicago Bulls, 1991 to 2008. See what I mean? We could have gone an hour. I know. When you said we got to let you go, I was thinking, no, we really don't. I know. I know. (laughs) We really don't. I know. I ain't worried about it. He tells a great story about uh, they're on a road trip in Salt Lake City. It's over Thanksgiving. They got a day off. They want to get out of the hotel. Mm. So he, he, he talks Michael in and several others into going to a movie. And and Michael says to him, we can't do that. We'll get mobbed out there. Because, right. you know, yeah, Michael yeah, would course. get mobbed everywhere he went. And Tom says, it's Thanksgiving. You know, these Mormons, they'll be home. Nobody will even notice. He says, all right, this is on you. <laughs> and sure enough, they walk down to the theater. And as they're coming out, Tom says there's 3,500 people wow. outside that found out they were that Michael was there. And, and and Michael didn't let Tom, you know, live it down. He said, all right, you said we would mm-hmm. be okay. 
But man, he's got some great stories being around them, and yeah. and, and that's a long stretch for him to be around exactly. the Bulls and do those games. Exactly, and I mean, li- literally, we talked to him probably about fifteen minutes, and I think we maybe got to about three stories. You oh know, yeah, we're yeah. To three, about three oh. different people, and and that was just it. I mean, really, that that could have gone on for a really long time, and had some really really good stories to to be heard. Yeah, a lot of his uh, clips you can hear on the last dance. You see him every once in a while. He did the Phil Jackson um, uh, TV show all. So he hosted that. Mm-hmm. So uh, two more episodes of The Last Dance coming up this Sunday, 9 and 10, coming up this Sunday. I will just say, when you guys do decide to get together in person, if you need a driver. Yeah, come on. Got you. I got That'd plenty of room in the truck. You That'd know be great. I mean? <laughs> ride down to Austin. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when that's going to be or where, but uh, I got your back. I'd love to make that happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, appreciate Tom being on with us. We're way past due for a break. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Glad you're with us. John Morris Show on ESPN Central Texas. 